I am I'm at the 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 beautiful Tommy Hotel in Hollywood, California, doing a little staycation. Yeah, what's going on at the Tommy Hotel? It's lovely. It's right next to Mama Shelter on uh, Selma and Cuenca. Who knows what awaits us? But we've just checked into a beautiful room. Uh, they have a, a lovely rooftop bar. We're just getting the hell away for a night. Bringing the dog. You know. Why not? Oh, Finn's along for the ride. Finn's along Fine. for the ride. It's just, you know, tis the season. And and we have we have Parvesh Cheetah. For God's sake. Hi. Parvesh. How are you? You know, I cannot complain. I mean, I, I feel like okay. anytime, like when we talk among friends, and even I know that this is going to be out there in the world, but a couple of my pals have like a thing. I'm sure you guys do too. The hashtag things you can't tweet, right? You know, the things that you mm-hmm. got to just keep those thoughts or moments or just anger, even politically, even mm-hmm. like I, to yourself. But yeah. one of the, there's even some good things too, where you can't. And I feel like I've thrived during the pandemic. Knock on wood, we've been fortunate that my immediate circle and family and friends from India, London to here are all healthy, fine, everything. So knowing that- Not to be taken for granted. Not at all. So, But I know that like I'm really liking this life. There's an element of like, I never thought that actors could almost work from home. You know, we, yeah. we can do a lot. And I, as much as we'll always be in public and speak, we went and saw Christmas Carol at the Amundsen last night, which is, is actually our second time at the theater since the quarantine. You know, we went in September to Clue at La Mirada, but it's just like, I will always do it. We love theater. Dave, I know you first from mm-hmm. Improv World, our live yeah. theater experience, mm-hmm. but I just love that there's so much we could do here. I love that I had three different meetings from SAG after union stuff to theater company stuff to hanging with you folks without yeah. changing the pants. Yeah. Or even putting on pants if you don't want yeah. to. I yeah. recorded something earlier today with Alex Edelman and he had to get up in the middle of it. And he was like, I'm now going to reveal to you that I am in underwear. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, you've just been doing your whole day with no pants on. You can yeah. do that. Did he reveal? <laughs> they stand up and reveal or this was just. A- um, no, you know, because he, he did change the angle. Uh, so that uh, I was not able to see that. Matt, um, before we go any further, I know that I, I can tell that there's just something on your mind. Yeah. There's there are things that are that are weighing on you. And I just want to I don't know. I wanna, yeah. How you can know, I free and I, you? And I'm sorry I, that I, I can't engage <laughs> my co-host or our guest with this because neither of you have watched. But uh, not yet. It, time is of the essence. And I, I do have to get these thoughts out there. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just. Let me let me just say if you if you if by the time this airs you have not watched the first two episodes of and just like that I maybe I'll set a timer for three minutes scrub ahead three minutes. Um, <laughs> or by the way, if you haven't wa- if you haven't watched it, you already know what we're going to say. Yeah, because it at has the time been of spoiled. Recording this, it's late, yeah. and we're releasing this a week later. It's too late. So the spoilers are coming, but. The big spoiler that, of course, we knew was coming. I think I've even talked about this on here before, so it's not even a spoiler, but Big dies at the end of episode one. What? Don't tell! No, I'm kidding. And I know. I mean, if you did not have the internet, I might believe that you uh, were aware. (laughs) But, um, you know, and it's very tragic. And, of course, now we're going to be dealing with the aftermath. And I have to say, you know, Episode two, again, I know this means nothing to either of you, but hopefully this means something to some <laughs> listeners. Episode two, we're, of course, in the funeral and we're in the immediate aftermath of just mm-hmm. sort of like, what what's Carrie going to do now? She has to plan a funeral. 
Um, she has to like pick out a casket, do all this stuff. And there's all of this conversation about the night that he died. Instead of being with him, going to the Hamptons like they planned, she went to Charlotte's daughter's recital, piano recital. And uh, there's there's a big conversation in episode two where, uh, you know, Charlotte's worried that Carrie is mad at her because somehow it's her fault that Big died because he had a heart attack. Carrie would have been with him if she wasn't with with Charlotte. Carrie is mad at herself for not just going to the Hamptons and skipping the recital like she wanted to. Anyway, the point is, at no point in any of these conversations does anyone say, how about Big got off his ass and came to Charlotte's daughter's recital? That's not even entertained. Mm -hmm. It's thrown out there as a joke in an early scene where Carrie's like, oh, Charlotte's really bugging me to go to this thing. I don't suppose you want to go. He's like, no way. I'm going to be riding my Peloton. That's why he skipped it, so he could ride his Peloton, which then he died on. Mm -hmm. And their stocks tumbled. It just is, it's so indicative. I know, right? How did they possibly get permission to have the worst Peloton out of all time? But it's so indicative of the of the entire big carry thing where it's like, oh, no one would ever expect for him to put his own needs aside for hers, let alone for her friends, the people who were there for her all of the years while he was dicking around. Yeah. Well, but that's a recital. I almost see his point there. It was at the Manhattan School of Music, Dave. Okay, okay. How old is this kid now? Yeah, she's older she's now. She's a teenager and she's a genius. Yeah. It's an incredible recital. <laughs> and it was a very big deal to Charlotte. So I, I, all that to say, apologies for the rant, but like, I, I am okay with big dying. In fact, I hate to say it, but I am happy about it. Sure. And I think mm. we're all going to be better off. Um, that's the end of my rant. Thank you for indulging me. Now... Uh, how, what are your post Samantha feelings? It's handled beautifully. Mm, Great. Okay. You know, I, I, and I hope that it reaches Kim Cattrall and that she comes to her senses and maybe there, if she, there's she might. Time, no, she, there's talk already that they, they they're leaving that possibility open. They're hoping, you know, her shows don't really make it past the season since, you know, you, we know mm-hmm. this, there's that little bit of like, oh, you try to do your own thing. Well, luckily there was a Will and Grace revival. You know, like there's always something that mm-hmm. can, and I get it. Like, why would you not want to come back to your bread and butter eventually? Especially if this, I know the reviews have been mixed, but if, if it does well, if people like us who will eventually get to it just for the nostalgia's sake of our late 90s, early 2000s Cosmo days you know like mm, we'll yeah. come we'll I, I think she'll come back how do you not come back to when you know dave i always think about it. i even say it's my partner when someone's doing a good improv scene you two are doing a good one i'm gonna come in so i'm of gonna get a trial if you guys if yeah. it's a big success and hit this this needs a waiter this needs a dad this scene yeah. um, <laughs> so does does the show suffer without a samantha is the question now it does i enjoy the new characters you know but uh, I think that this is a more somber, sadder affair for mm. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And we're in a more serious, like seasoned stage of life at this point. If Samantha can't hang, yeah, then go with God, you know? Mm-hmm. This, of course, also opens up the possibility of Samantha coming back later as a villain of some kind. An antagonist. Sure. Yeah, I love, love, love that. Love it. It's something. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'll watch, but I, I just haven't done it yet. It's been right. a crazy couple of days. I'm sure you've also heard this. It, it, it's it, there are also some very cringy moments where they're sort of just trying to like catch up with sure. culture and sort yeah. of put themselves in 2021. And people are very upset about that and make fun of them. And I get it, but also these are cringy times. We all know cringy people who we also love. Mm-hmm. You know, well-intentioned people who are sometimes saying the wrong thing, but are scrambling to catch up. That, it's not the worst thing in the world. Okay. There's podcasting that happens, though. Am I correct? Yes. Can you imagine? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, I guess I won't have to. I, we will. We'll watch. We'll probably watch in bed tonight. You guys, Cynthia Nixon could have been the governor of New York. That's what I think about when I'm like, oh, her cons- consolation prize was, I guess I'll just do the Sex and City reboot. But like, didn't you think after all the Cuomo shit, both yeah. Cuomo's that you're like, my immediate thing was like, Cynthia Nixon could have been governor. Yeah. Yeah. I would have she been really a- could have. And she would have been a good governor, I bet. Maybe she'll be a good uh, anchor on CNN. She'll replace the other Cuomo. Yeah, yeah maybe. Cuomo. Parvesh, what uh, are you watching, listening to, consuming, enjoying? During everything. this difficult time. Everything. Like like yeah. everyone, a lot of drag race. Sure. Because it's just, drag race is now like my, it's just like MTV was like when I was in college or yeah. or MSNBC during like an election year, you know? It just has been on. I think I rewatched every season, including All Stars, Secret Celebrity Ones. I mean, like Drag You. We've done it and we're watching. I mean, there was a week last week where we had an Italia, Canada, and UK season three, all on Thursday. So we, that's like our comfort TV. A lot of animation. We just finished She-Ra. We felt like we were late gays to that because it is full on lesbian love. You know, it is like by the Tell end. Tell us wow. everything. I don't know anything she, about She-Ra. She-Ra on Netflix, they, they barely mentioned it. And I've been, we also watched the He-Man reboots, the Kevin Smith one with uh-huh. like uh, Lena Headley and Mark Hamill. So and I work in animation, so it's always on an eye. But when you find one that you like, we also like begin or end a night with like an animation or a comedy, like watch the drama in between. And then like we'd watch like Foundation. We watched Foundation. You know, we did mm-hmm. my we partner read the Isaac Asimov uh, novels and it was gorgeous. And Lee Pace is a god, you know, mm-hmm. he can do heightened language. And he has abs. It's just, it's, it was great. But we bookend with like cartoons. And She-Ra, I remember like Bella Lavelle was on it. And she was on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend with me. Great, dry voice. You know, she's on, I think, The Mayor, the Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. And she was on it. She was like, I'm like, yay, a cartoon. You're going to love it. And it took off. And we, even one of the writers from She-Ra was at, when we saw Christmas Carol, with Bradley Whitford last night and she was there and I told her I got to fangirl on her, but it was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Like it handled, you know, I feel like sometimes like some of the lesbian tales other than like L word are not always out there. Right. I mean, like I feel like the, the trans community almost got more exposure. It sometimes feels like than lesbians get, I think lesbians maybe are just quieter, but she was like lesbian and it was great. I mean, like, it just was lovely, great, fun pop animation too. But it is full on LGBTQ love, kindness, open respect, and we just finished it. What's the animation it. like? Does is it true to the original, or, or no, have they no, tightened no. it? 
very they've changed it a little more anime if you if mm -hmm. but not like true like cowboy bebop i'm not a big fan of like the hardcore anime it just it, it's it's severe this is still a little like pokemon bubblegum okay. kind of pop but the stories the voice acting excellent wow does he-man have a new haircut no, it's that 80s no? bowl cut that we all wish we had, you okay. know, the middle part down oh, a little sure. like, a little like, you know, kind of like from like Shrek, you know, like that guy yeah. mm -hmm. who has that little curl, mm. but it's an iconic look. Why change it? But no, the new He-Man was, new He-Man was great too. All right. You're opening doors. Are, are there crossover now in this current She-Ra iteration? Is she still He-Man's? So is there, they haven't said all. Sister, right? I think that they, yeah, the only thing that they revealed is that she was taken from a different planet or Eternia, and they say like the by the honor of Grayskull. We don't really know what. Oh, they do. But they, I mean, they finished the season, so I think that they'll. I feel like the He-Man world with three cartoons, literally, right? She-Ra, the Kitty He-Man reboot, and then the adult one. That was the one with like Mark Hamill as Skeletor. There's a lot of, you know, I don't know if that's, I think that's Mattel, maybe, but that's, a, or Hasbro, but that's a lot. That's a whole other world of lore that spoke to 80s kids. You know, like, E-Man was, like, one of my first crushes. Like, he's literally just in a loincloth. Yeah. Well, and how about that, he, the He-Man movie of, I think, 1980? Dolph Lundgren, Courtney Dolph. Cox. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank Langella? Frank Langella? I mean, like, it was, it's insane. But that, but I remember like one line they always talk about like when they learn that like some fast food, oh they get like Popeyes Popeyes or KFC and when the Turnians realize that it's animals they just like spit out and I ate meat growing up but now I'm like mainly plant based but that sticks with me like that the He Man and Tila Man at Arms were like wah, wah, wah. animals you eat animals I'm like what a political statement for like eighty six eighty seven right. I forgot That's about extremely that. bold. Very bold. Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox was like the young girl. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Christina Pakel, who plays her mom on Friends, I think, plays the... Evelyn? Who's the elder? No, the elder, like, the, the good witch. The sorceress. She the is. Sorceress. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Evelyn is and the witch. No. That, yeah, it is Evelyn, too. And I think both. that's where... Are they, it's both? Yeah. That yeah. is, I, it's not the same character. No, no, no. Okay. I think that that there should the be a crossover. Yes. There should have been and a they crossover. Did. <laughs> yeah, 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 don't nobody bring Evelyn no bad news. Oh, is that the song? Don't nobody bring me no, no bad yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is. You know, I never understood why. Like, there's so much for that for Evelyn in the Wiz to sing about. It, yeah. Like, why? Why would that be the thing? Until Donald Trump, who like mm. couldn't. Like his defining thing is like he can't hear yeah. any anything bad about himself right. or anything bad about what might happen. Everything has to be good ideas and whatever. It's like oh, okay, no that that is that is a trait of a supervillain. Okay, now yeah. I get it. The, fragi anyway, the fragile so, ego. The fragile ego. Shattered. Not to get it all political. Why not? We have off to of, off of the whiz. But anyway, I did take this year a little off from politics yeah. because yeah. yeah, last year was rough. And I think next year is going to be rough. So I was like, 2021, let's take, we took the social media breaks. Mm. We didn't like, you can't, you can't, it can't be all the time on your yeah. mind. So what's your sort of daily diet now? How, how are you sort of controlling your intake? I, um, since Thanksgiving, 
about like actually excuse me a few days before thanksgiving i did the instagram twitter break till about just a few till the seventh because it's you it's promotion it's marketing social media is marketing now like it is work it's a job and i had a, a, a centaur world my netflix cartoon the season two dropped on the seventh so i'm like gotta promote gotta you know you gotta post gotta promote and so i came back to that and i forgot like how Twitter was such a news source for me. And I was a doom scroller and I'd get angry. And like, anytime you could get mad at one of their, the anti-squad, you know, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and everything, you know, mm-hmm. you, like, it's kind of like you can, it's okay to punch a Nazi. It's okay to call yeah. Matt Gates a pedophile or, you know, a sex trafficker. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, this is pointless. I hate it. Um, I, I definitely took a break for it. And it's only now at this age, like I'm 42. So like, it's only now where I feel like, can I be off social media? Yes, you made it to your forties. They're never going to hire you because you were an influencer. You're like, they're just going to hire you for the work. But right there's that moment in your 20, late twenties when MySpace yeah. morphed into Facebook into like, oh, they're looking at counts a few about like five, ten years ago. Yeah. Like, remember, like uh, they're checking. Remember the assholes, like the asshole producer, like, oh, what's your star meter? I'm like, what the fuck. Look at the audition. Now it's a new like, you know, for the last five years, ten years, it's been like, what's your social media count? And I feel like I'm finally gratefully past that. But so the news diet has happily gone down because my social media consumption went down. And I let go of Facebook about four or five years now, 17, 16, 17. Okay. And that was the best. That was the best one because Twitter at least can be kind of randos. Facebook, if you, when you, when we all joined Facebook, at, you know, I, I'm just on that cusp where they didn't let my EDU college, I think it was like one year too old. You know, mm-hmm. it's the Zennial curse, right? We're never going to be, we're baby Gen X, we're elder millennials. The yeah, what do you, I was, we're about the same age. 79. You identify as Zennial. You're, I'm the very beginning of 80. Yeah. I like Zennial because then you can say like, oh, I hate everyone. We, right, we yeah. born in these four years didn't ruin shit. Millennials, Gen, uh, Gen X, baby boomers, fuck them all. I just, it also helps me in my, like, I hate everyone world. Because if you hate everyone, just like Mark Ruffalo as a Hulk says, if you're always angry, <laughs> you're never going to turn to the Hulk. So if you hate everyone, then you're just a equal opportunity. Everyone's an asshole and everyone's lovely, you know. Words to live by. Truly. <laughs> I know. That's not yeah. what I want. But it has been interesting of like, it, it's Facebook, when you saw like your... George Polakitis, the tallest kid in middle school, telling me, like, you better not take my gun, Parv. I'm like, that's now my last memory of the nice, tall Greek guy who played basketball, mm-hmm. like, that he might come after me, because if we do gun rights after Sandy yeah. Hook, I was like, nope, done with this nope. medium. I don't want to know yeah. about the people who still like me or, you yeah. know, who I was friendly with to know that they hate me intrinsically from a religious culture gun, you know, shitty point of view. It's not worth it. No. Facebook is really, um, they're making it easy to leave now because it is just a hideous looking experience. It's bad. It's people like when people send people, I know send a message through Facebook. I won't see it for three weeks because I never go. And it's like, well, really you have my phone number and this is what you're choosing to do anyway it's yeah it's just a bad product now which whatever it sure is
All right, my friend, I don't know about you, but in the new year, I have got to rein it in nutritionally. It has been a holiday season, no, a full pandemic era of eating and drinking like a teenager whose parents are out of town. I have to adopt some healthy habits, and I'm going to do it with Splendid Spoon. They sent some product recently, and I'm not kidding. It is so delicious. They have grain and noodle bowls that are plant-based and that are absolutely delicious. Super easy to make, too. You just put it in a pot, heat it up, stick it in the microwave, do whatever you like. They have smoothies that are very, very tasty. They have wellness shots that are just outstanding. Everything that I have eaten from Splendid Spoon is, I'm just going to say Yumtown, absolutely delicious and good for you. I'm going full plant-based with Splendid Spoon in the new year. Why don't you join me? They get it. They know that healthy food can get a bad reputation, but their meals are actually delicious. I'm hooked. Splendid Spoon believes in plant-based eating as the single most effective tool that we have to feel our very best day in and day out. And when you make a habit out of plant-based eating, it allows you to be the best version of yourself. You get more energy, you lose some weight, your sleep gets better, your skin starts to glow. Get started and save 35 bucks on your first order of delicious plant-based meals at SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia. That is SplendidSpoon.com slash homophilia. Save 35 bucks on your first order. That is only $6.66 per meal. And thank you, Splendid Spoon, for all that you do and for sponsoring this podcast. It's officially a winter wonderland outside your window or inside your mind, as the case may be. And what do you want to do when it's chillier than a snowman's cheeks? You want to bundle up with layers and layers of comfy goodness. And now you can spread the cozy vibes to literally anyone in your life with me undies. They've got super soft gifts for everyone near and dear to your heart. And while you're at it, get a little something for yourself. Tell you what I got for myself is these uh, beautiful tartan plaid lounge pants. You know, the classic kind of holiday print that everybody's always taking pictures of themselves in. And then you get them and they're not as comfortable as they look. Very different story here. I am wearing these all day and all night. Michael is concerned. But now you can get your festive on with the new MeUndies holiday collection featuring these classic plaids. Uh, also sweater inspired prints. They'll all become your favorites. Their undies, loungewear, and sleepwear are made out of soft, breathable, stretchy fabrics, perfect for sitting fireside with your loved ones, chatting about life over cocoa. Get that family photo you've always dreamed of with the matching PJ sets that are actually comfortable. Or you can make every day a spa day with their plush robes and plush slippers. Whatever you decide, everyone will be rolling into the new year comfier than before. Available in sizes XS through 4XL, Me Undies has something for everyone on your list. MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping right to your door. Your days of fighting for your life in the mall parking lot are over. To get 15% off your first order, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash homophilia. That's MeUndies.com slash homophilia. Oh, it's the holiday season. Easy to get stressed out at a time like this, but don't. Don't. Raise yourself a glass of Miller Lite and give a toast to keeping things uncomplicated. It doesn't have to be a source of stress this holiday season. It really doesn't. I'm talking to myself when I say all that. Since 1975, Miller Lite has been the beer with the taste that you can depend on. No games, no gimmicks, just a great beer for people who like beer and a good gift idea. And with limited edition holiday wrapping paper packaging on select packs, 
Given the gift of Miller time has never been easier. For more gift ideas for beer lovers, visit the Miller Lite shop at shop.millerlite.com and give your friends and family the gift of Miller time this holiday season. It's good and good for you. Miller Lite's the perfect gift to help celebrate the holidays. Tis Miller time with friends and family. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Give the gift of Miller time this holiday season by going to MillerLite.com forward slash homophilia to find delivery options near you or go to the store. It's Miller Lite, it's everywhere. Tis Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Ho, ho, ho. Harvish, who were you in high school? Yeah. Paint the picture for us. We were all closeted because in I'm class of 97, so 93, 94, this freshman year. You, um, but you're all, I'm also loud. You know, I'm like all any actor, comedian, class clown. You know, the first time you do something stupid in elementary school and everyone laughs, you're like, oh, this feels good. I like it. Oh, and then sometimes they clap. Like, I joke. Like, that's why I got into acting, because I like to be clapped and laughed at. So come high school, we'd already been doing, like, I grew up in Naperville, Illinois, affluent, upper middle, middle class, now upper upper to middle, middle middle to upper. Not the John Hughes North Shore, like mm-hmm. the, the coast, you know, Lake Michigan. That's Highland Park, there, Illinois' Highland Park and Lake Forest. Those are the rich ones. That's where, like, Michael Jordan lived. But Naperville is a little nouveau riche, so it's still conservative, but a lot of immigrants. We did not, I did not have, I had very little racial issues until after 9-11. So before, so, but like, so high school was a jam. I was, I'd called the vice principal who wrote my college uh, recommendation letter by her first name. You know, it was just oh, wow. that kind of like, I was, I was president of freshman class and then we had a, like an internal, so I, I was a joiner. I didn't have lunch because I was doing student council and newspaper. I mean, like, I like, because it was all to get into college, right? You need everything for right. college. So we were doing plays, musicals, and we did a lot. We, at one point, I think we did eight shows a year from freshman play all the way to senior directed one acts, which you could only direct if you had taken theater arts one and two. So very grateful. It made me realize the amount of work that I got to do in high school made me feel ready and prepared to choose it for college. So high school was great, but we were still like, maybe we let out that we might be by in a literary mm-hmm. magazine poem, you know, mm-hmm. but anonymously. Yeah. And so like the few gay white kids who had come out, um, like especially in band, got not no one, no, no physical stuff, but everyone knew about Joe the fag. Right. Mm, right. And so every other closet gay was like. You know, and I even fooled around a couple of times with some guys junior year and senior year, but it was still, even back then, the, the wait it gets better for like late nineties was wait till college, wait till college, yes. wait till college, come out college, come out freshman year. So like you start coming out freshman year at age 18, 19. And like, I think my, the most significant person was last was my mom by 21, like Thanksgiving, I think 20, uh, 2000, 2001. So it was just that element of like, you just waited, it was going to be fine. And it was good. I, I've joked that I've never, I hardly, I don't think I'll ever be as busy as I was those four years of high school. 
of like sleeping four or five hours because he had to get a fucking show choir practice at 6 a.m. before 7 a.m. student council extra thing before the 745 bell. And then the bell's done at 245 and you're still at school till like 9 p.m. You know, in winter in the Midwest, you'd never saw the sun. You must have the recurring senior year dream, uh, some variety of that. It's senior year. You're showing up. You've re- or you know end of the year. You realize that you forgot to go to a class. No, I think by not, you don't have that. No, by the end of I think by second, even like all of us, the AP our gifted program from like elementary onward, and our school district was called Project Arrow. All those Project Arrow kids. We, I think by like second semester of senior year, I think I even called AP Micro Econ, which was my first class of the day. We called it breakfast. And even like by the end of the year, like I was Marilyn, you know, Dr. Marilyn Weaver, she'd like, I was just not going to class, but I would go to like my pre, all the extracurriculars. I'd go to the student council choir shit. Then I'd come home because I, my tummy, and then I'd be back for play rehearsal at three. And she's like, you can't do this. And I'm like, Marilyn, I'm out of, I'm out of here. Come on. This, yeah, I know what did, I want to do. I knew that everything was focused. And even then, like even student council by junior, senior year, like, what the fuck? A majority, one of the ideas was like a majority of like 80% neighborhood was like still is like kind of 70, 80% white, 15, 20% Asian, and then like this much black and uh, Latino. So I just remember one of their ideas was like by junior year was like, let's make sandwiches and go to downtown Chicago and give them to the homeless. I'm like, what the, what, wait, we, all of you white Mormons, we're going to do this? No. And so even then, like, student council were like, I don't need this for it. It was all about performance, art, acting. And it, yeah. I don't know, like, how you – I remember, like, being mad at kids who picked it for their major in college, acting. Like, you know, you, you played baseball. Like, the version, like, you don't even go here. I'm like, you don't even do theater in high school. Mm. You can't pick it for a major. You can't go to that Taco Bell audition. Because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to. Of course. What was college like? Um, for you. Better. I went to yeah. U of I freshman year downstate mm-hmm. because I'm like, I wanted to get away from my family. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I was, I wanted, I thought like, I'm going to go to college in the East Coast. I thought Boston. For some reason, I thought, you know, like, I, let alone Harvard. I just thought like, oh, Boston College or Boston University were like my one, two picks. But then something about like in-state tuition, so many of my best friends, because they would call like U of I downstate, they would call it Naperville South High School yeah. because so many of us went, like one of my friends since fourth grade was my freshman year college roommate but wow uh, but then i got envious of my friends who stayed in the city and i was like what the fuck i oh my god i'm 18 19 and i left the third biggest art center city in america to go to the fucking cornfields you know i just i was so stupid and i transferred to roosevelt university and finished up there and it was the Mm -hmm. great because we had theater business classes. We had people like from every, each union, SAG and after were separate back then, equity, agents, managers, Jane Alderman, who cast, who would do like the Chicago casting for ER. We had that in the city. Like, can you imagine like if I grew up in anywhere within two hours of LA and then moving to Montana or Seattle to do theater or acting, I'm like, oh my God, you even just have a leg up kid just knowing how to drive around here that the rest of us take a year to figure out. So I, and then I, I got lucky. I started working during college. And so then college kind of became irrelevant by the end because the, the goal had been achieved. You're making money. 
in your work, in your art, in your career, in your craft. You know how for some of us, it's all one. The hobby, art, career, the thing you make money on, the thing that gets you off, the thing that is you can't pick, like you wake up and be like, do I want to be a vet? Do I want to be a lawyer? Still an actor? Okay, let's go. When you have that, it's very easy to be focused on it. For better or for worse. Like, did you guys ever hit, especially, I know we're all roughly the same age. I had a moment at 38, 39. so much older. No, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm 50. No, I would never have guessed. Oh, yeah. Well. Even like looks. Thank you. A baby face 50 year old. I was going to say looks, even regardless of looks, it's just, I do, I think it also goes to a testament. Like after 35, after 32, I was, everyone's kind of the same. Everyone's until maybe age. 50, Everyone's until maybe like 65, age. 70. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Well, here's hoping. Yeah. I got distracted uh, now, Dave. I'm just taken by your beauty at 50. Oh, stop it. I'm stop serious, it. though. Like, you don't see it well, with a lot of white folks, too. Mm, okay. Right. I mean, don't you feel like no. a 48 year old white man looks a lot different than a 48 year old Indian man? Probably. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think yes. a uh, a 50 year old in. Los Angeles and a, you know, and a 50 year old back where I grew up in St. Louis. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I, when I get back together with uh, classmates from high school, it is often a different kind of experience. Where in St. Louis, Illinois side, Missouri side, Missouri out in uh, West County. Wow. I've only yeah. driven through it, but I know it well. Cause like besties went to on the Illinois side and St. Louis side. So that's why I'm like mm-hmm. East St. Louis, Belleville, mm-hmm. By any chance? Yeah. That I know yeah. of Belleville, but yeah, yeah. No, Grove and Kirkwood. Um, <laughs> and yeah, you know, anyway, uh, so, but I interrupted you. You were saying no, I forgot something no. about, I forgot. Um, you were having a moment around 38, 39. Oh, forgive where it was just like, oh my God, I should go back to grad school. I should get a, yeah. I should get a master's. I should, I should do something else other than this. You know, I, I want to be horrible example but he comes he was such a part of our all of our lives but i wanted to be a dr william j cosby jr because mm-hmm. i'd always be like who's that other cosby at the end of the credits of the cosby show it's him yeah it like, oh it's him right but i mean just like the fact of like maybe you should and then i hit 38 at comic-con in san diego turned 38 we're at a gay barn hillcrest and it like that hit more than 40 and i was like nope this is it this is it it's just act it's just in this element of acting first and then the other writing, producing, but yeah. it's still in this industry, this business. I'm not going to be a, never going to be a lawyer now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, I, you don't need to be. Did it hit, did it, sure uh, did you have a moment where you were like, I'm doing the wrong, I'm moving to Idaho. I mean, like I, either I did it the other way around. I had, I had like an office job until I was 27. And then I lucked into working in TV and, and it was like, I had had five years of, of knowing what I didn't want to do and doing it and being bad at it. And by the time I got like, like a door open and I got in, I was like, I'm never going to, I will hold on to this with both hands and all yeah. my teeth. Dave, um, I remember yeah. your, when you went through the whole D, I don't think we've even talked about this ever at like iOS or anything, but I remember your entire audition process, the whole thing. Because oh, I remember, wow. it, I, I'm going there because I, I just remember being like, this Dave is so much better. He's so much oh, more qualified. I mean thank it. You. Like, it was just like, Thanks. you know, like when you were like, you guys, Hillary's going to. Yeah. What, what, what happened? And not to discredit, I would just remember like, because when I even said like, you know, there's certain TV channels that all of us, 
and it's changed now. I think like the streaming era mm-hmm. changed this, but there was a period of time where I would joke like, in my youth, I watched like Cartoon Network, and then right. high school to college was MTV. Then late college was VH1 because you know we'd, oh, we'd grown up. Because you're right? a little yeah, right? give me some Sarah McLaughlin. And then it turned into like MS. I remember like MSNBC. Keith Olbermann, you know, was uh, countdown with Keith Olbermann was everything, especially during the Obama days. And then when you need a break, and like let alone like now, I feel like it's Wow present World of Wonder Wow presents Plus, but it was HGTV. Oh yeah, ever like you just and I was never a House Hunters guy. I like more the Reno Flipper kind of shows, but that was just on. And so like MTV for so many of us, you know, it was just. It was just always on. It was always yeah. on. Like I feel like in, from college to whenever, it was always just like yeah. our twenty-four hour news cycle. It was your fireplace. Yeah, it would just always be just sort of on, and you would sit in front of it. Same exact thing for me. Yeah, um, Matt, did you did you have a crisis of any kind? And, yeah, what age? Think you might oh, get please. back to My school. Whole life is that uh, that's every day, every day, every year. Why? Uh, oh God. We don't even have time. No, but like, is there a jack of time. trades element or like what, what draws, like what, what's the main thing? Like, would there be anything like, is, are you a person who's like, oh, to, this month I'm working on my garden. Oh, this month I'm working on the podcast. This month I'm going to work out a lot. Yes. I, I, there's that. And there's uh, j- the, the sense of like always being behind and always comparing myself to other people and feeling like I've never quite there. I, and, and you know, mostly just getting older, I've kind of just gotten to like, I've just sort of gotten bored with that mm. story. Yeah. So I'm, I, I, in a good way, just feeling a lot less like defined by it. But it was a, a real source of torment for my first like 10 years in LA where I was quote unquote acting. Sure. But I, I was really just partying the whole time and like working terrible assistant jobs. And like, kind of pivoted to to TV writing and doing this, which has been great. But it's interesting because, like, the comparison part of the competition of where you stand with your peers is very valid. Thank you for saying that because, like, I would be a liar if I wasn't. There are a few of my best friends where we have the phrase "best person get it, best man get it" is what we'd say. But I'm really trying to be. I'm really trying to be gender inclusive and even in my daily speech, but we would always like, especially like among the other Brown Indian guys, my age, I've got a few who I'm like, yeah, I'm glad you got it. We got it. And then for all of us, there are a few who are like, fuck you. I hate you. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I, I wish I was like, Oh, everyone has their journey and path as long as I'm ahead, you know, in the front of the pack. It's a, it's a moment. It is very, True. Like, how can you not compare yourself? But I think that with age, it finally settled in like, oh, I don't have to. That helps. Exactly. And is it just age for you or what? I mean, because it clearly does not consume you. You you do seem to have evolved past that. Well, I'm fortunate. I feel very fortunate because I do have a body of work that I can rest on a bit. And of course. Right. And, And I acknowledge it because I am also someone who will tell even like if you talk to like college acting kids a class whatever i always say say yes to any project that a friend of yours asks 
because you should be so honored that your friend asked you to help tell their story. Even if it's a fart sketch to a, you know, a movie that they want to submit to Sundance. Because it's always these favors and everything, you know, and when you need someone. So I just, that, that, that's one big element of saying yes for your friends. So I, that's the thing of like, and then that body of work, today's friends short film, their show running a cartoon next year where you get to just be a recurring voice. Like that's a gift. So I have that solace. And I'm very because like I know where I am now is a lot different than where I was in my twenties, let alone even two years ago. And then I think being partnered helped because no longer do you always have that eye on dick or hookup, let alone relationship love partner. Having those kind of like behind me a bit, I feel like I'm at a I feel like I think I'm kind of where I we always want more, but I feel like I'm at a good place at this age. I, I feel like I'm, I'm I'm on a good path where I am, and that only took like years of therapy to get to. Also, so important. Yeah, I, yeah. There, especially we can do it online. We can yeah. do it online. Yeah. I don't know where I'd be without it. Right. Did you grow up around people who uh, would do or talk about therapy? No, no, yeah. no, no. Even I when I told really my any of us our age did. Yeah, I think it was still always the joke, right? I mean, didn't we even have, I mean, I feel like they still like one of those like therapists, the rapist, you know, like those mm -hmm. schlocky pun shit jokes. Like, but even my mom did have a moment, like even she did the whole, like, what, what did I do? <laughs> and I was like, mom, everything, you did everything. That's all yeah. we do is talk about you. No, but like I did, she, she did have that moment, but I'm like, I, you have to live freely. And now I'm grateful for some of the cultural shifts that have happened. I worry about any backlash, but you know how there's a moment where we're getting really liberal here, progressive sometimes in our country. And the conversations about mental health have been really great. Almost to the point where like everyone wants to jump on a bandwagon and good. Great. If, if you like want to start therapy because you want everyone else's, it's just going to be better for all of us, let alone yeah, for this person. Yeah. It's going to make your life better. But yeah, I, I did. We did have it. We did have the stigmas from, let alone, I don't know if it was a Midwestern thing or just the time back then, but Indian, the immigrant culture too. It's, it's just not, not as much of a done deal as it is now. You know? Tell us how you and your partner met. We met on Scruff. On, yes! Uh, yeah. Mm. We met on Scruff when I was in... Las Vegas, shooting George Lopez, who was wonderful and lovely to me. Um, you, you know, Mary Pat Farrell was Mary in the Pat same Farrell, episode. The greatest. Amazing. Mary Pat, Theodore Chin, and I were like these, like, we're going to have George Lopez do a, um, a residency. You know, this was his, I forget if it was an hour long or half hour show for TV Land. It was a single cam. And we had a great time. But we were there for like a week. And, you know, you're shooting like one scene a day. I'm like, oh, he's coming to my hotel room. And I met Eric, and he made me go on a date with him first. And I was like, okay. And then that was it. You just, there's that moment you're like, oh, not, is it, is it love at first sight? Is it just possibilities? All, and I don't know as much as like, I know that I just we exchanged phone numbers. And that this was March of 2016, and he moved in by August. Wow, and that's it. And he's in the he's in the next room right now playing World of Warcraft or the new one new world, the Amazon 
multimedia. It's one of the World of Wonder. Uh, that's gay. That's the that's yeah, direct. Yeah. It's one of the <laughs> World of Warcraft yeah, games. So World of Wonder should get into gaming. Can you imagine like um, a Sims with drag queens? Oh come on! Right. Uh, so wait, did he live in Los Angeles and he was just in Vegas or Portland? Oh, he, Portland. he was on vacation. Yeah, Portland. Wow. Okay, so that's a big deal. Wait, so how did this work? You're only there for a week. Mm-hmm. He's there. I'm assuming on vacation. And in, in... yeah, we met once. And then you're are you flying back and forth for a while, or what are you doing? No, we like we did Facetime. We talked because this is why I also like I'm a you know we're all all techy kind of nerdy geeks as much as we again we like going out and everything we also are fine with computers and tech and when you i mean i was on the self i'm not cell phone even i'm on the cordless phone back in the 80s 90s every day there was like literally two hours where you just would call everybody barb danny you know call your friends so we're used to it and the fact i am not i never have a problem with zooms i don't get the zoom fatigue i get work fatigue but not like because i was on cam or like this it's just like facetime anything it's all the same this is much better than the writing a letter and sending it to India, wait a week, for, you know, before it comes back. I feel like my mom, like, let alone the phone calls. But I'm just like, this is great. So we did it, and he visited, I visited, he visited, and then he was like, I was ready. He was done with Portland. It's cold and rainy up there, and we forget how lovely it is in SoCal. Like, oh, God, yeah. oh my God. the we- Like, no one thinks, like, the weather's enough of a draw. Been in Chicago for Thanksgiving. Now we're here. We're wearing shorts as much as we can because we know we're going right back to Chicago for Christmas, and it's awful. We have we we bought booties for the dog for the Chihuahua mix that we have to like get ready for like what if there's snow and ice? So like yeah, the it, it, I understand why Eric wanted to come here because who doesn't? It's I do love great. it. I love it. I love the West Coast. Yeah. I love California. I love. I think when my family moves from Chicago eventually. Because I'm I'm based here. This is the future is here. I don't know how much I'll go back to Chicago, other than to see like a friend. But like, I'm like, come here, come visit during winter when it's shitty. We go to Disneyland. Is that in the cards? The whole family's coming out here eventually. Yeah, we have a small family anyway, so they're retired. So it's just inevitable. I remember Reggie Hudlin, who's a director producer. He's very. He wrote Black... He was one of the comic book authors of Black Panther, even. He produces the Oscars every so often. He brought... I think, Dave, he might be Missouri, if not St. Louis. But Reggie's mm-hmm, yeah. great. At, I think so. And he... Yeah, he, brought, he brought his... He brought... It was for his family. And even, like, another producer friend, I'm like, yeah, if you can, I we really hope we're renovating our bathroom right now. Or we're going to, excuse me, next month. So we're not we're not hosting christmas new year's but i'm like this will be it after this year when we have a better accessible bathroom for my mom and brother there's older we are gonna we'll never have christmas in chicago because why we're we, talking about holidays i thought you were i thought we were talking about moving out both moving them both, both, okay. both, both. Oh, both okay because okay, okay. it's an eventuality that like until they do i'm like i'll visit a fourth of july or you know memorial yeah, right Christmas, New Year's, wouldn't you rather, everyone's retired, wouldn't you rather come here and be in the warm? It's that, that's, it's all I need. I mean, I'm just looking at the sunlight. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's gorgeous. I, mean, I feel very yeah. pro-California at this moment. 
especially after a uh, pandemic winter, the first yeah. and possibly two, um, everyone I knew who was in New York with roommates or whatever in an apartment in right. February, like, my God, the ability to just put on my sneakers and go outside at any time of the year is like that. I will never take that for granted again. Not to be underestimated. Think of the friends who didn't even have balconies mm-hmm. or a patio, you know, like, yeah, I look at like, even we, another one of the things, like things you don't tweet because I had a very good year last year. So we finally bought a house. We I made that, I caught, you know, like adult level. I feel like I'm Mario and I just got the mushroom, you know? And I look at like the side yard and I even look at that and be like, oh my God, if I had like that, just the side yard in my twenties or thirties, I'd be like, everybody come to my house after, after hours, because I know that I could fit 40 people right here crammed as fuck, but we'd be outside. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. think of like the Beachwood Canyon apartment days when everyone lived Mm -hmm. on Beachwood. So to have like the, a proper yard, I, it's it's beyond me. And so, let alone th- th- this was our pandemic move for sure because we could not. The noise got to me in some where we were in the valley, Laurel. I we I guess now it doesn't matter. We lived on Laurel Canyon, proper, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is a loud street. It is a highway. Yeah. It's a highway, and and I thought that the but moving there like years ago, I thought like. Oh my God, the valley's so quiet compared to, you know, Beverly Hills adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> You've done LA right, Parvesh. I mean, it's a good town. It's a good place. And where we are, we're a little, we're over the hill. We're like, you know, we're down south. And I feel like, oh, back to politics. I'm like, oh, Orange County's right there. We can flip mm-hmm. those seats back to blue. Yeah. We are focusing our get out the vote efforts against Michelle Steele and young Jean Kim. Cause I even think that some Asian people probably just voted for them thinking that they were the liberal Asian woman and not the white guy, Harley Ruda or somebody. Mm. So, mm. but you know, one of them, no joke, make it's bragging that she pulled her child out of like UC Irvine or one of the schools cause of the gays, bringing it back to the gays. Like, do you understand? Like mm. there's still that race, there's still that homophobia from the Asian community. Like, but I mean, like, we know that Orange County is the whole, it was where like NIMBYism started, right? Not in back, not in my backyard, not in my Orange County, right? It's horrible in that sense of the services, if you're rich, are great. If you're not, they're not. So I just, I just yeah. know, like, I, I, I went back to politics, please forgive, but like, that's my focus in 2022, because if those two seats were blue in 2018, you know, the election that got us Katie Porter, you know, Katie Hill before, you know, the whole like the doxing or the, you know, the, the her ex-husband revenge had posted photos. Porn. Yeah. Right, yeah. revenge porn. That was a great wave. I mean, like Daryl Issa carpet bagged to a different district after he had lost. So it's just like, no, 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 no. This is within grasp. When they talk about the house, we're going to lose a house and Kevin McCarthy or Donald Trump is going to be fucking speaker. No, 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 no. We can, if we, whatever we went lose in redistricting in Texas, we can gain back here in California. There are three to five seats. Katie Hills, CA25, that Mike Garcia, pro-gun, anti-abortion, Trumpy, let alone these few Asian uh, women 
Young Jim Kim and Michelle Seal and Daryl Issa. How is the Russian guy back in? It's it's insane, but I do feel like that is the that's the my focus over there. I used to live up in the valley, so we've I don't know, like even at Second City we had like um Michael Bryan, I think even I hosted for him like a fundraiser for her. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Andy Cobb, you know, and Mary Beth Monroe, like they very active and they had pushed this too. Like I kind of felt like that was like the Northern Valley life, but now in LA County proper, I'm like, no, we got to focus on OC. Katie Porter needs some help out, out there. You, I'm telling you, get yourself down there and knock some doors. Yeah, I, I do. Truly people, doing the Lord's work. But I don't want to knock on doors. I am that person who wants to volunteer, but not where I have to be exposed to people. I even will say, I'm just, I will say this because like, even like volunteer, I remember volunteering once in the 2000s, like at some food, like Thanksgiving charity thing. And, you know, someone with mental issues experiencing homeless called me a terrorist or something. And I'm like, can I just be in the back bagging the groceries? Just because like, I'm not faulting the person with lower education, mental issues. Who's experiencing homelessness? I don't need to like tell them like, oh, you're okay. You know, you eat. But I just remember like, I'm that person who's like, I'll host your thing. I'm, I don't want to be, and this is my, this is full on making my bubble of protection. I like my safe space now, which is another reason why the quarantine pandemic has allowed you to excise some fat, some friends, some toxicity, some obligations, joking out like, you know, and, and, and just like that, like going to Charlotte's daughter's recital, I would honestly just say, no, no, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, so that element of like that safety bubble is where I, I still don't want to be exposed to where I'm going to be uh, racially made fun of or made, or us being made fun of or any homophobia stuff. You know, like the, the well, feel, that wouldn't happen at Charlotte's daughter's recital. Not but, at all. But, I, not but, at I, all. I, but point taken. Yeah. I, I like being at home right now. I feel like it's a nesting. It'll be a nesting year or two still for us. And we have, we have a really decent excuse. I'm that progressive lib who's going to still like, oh, I'm, not, I'm going to wear my mask all the time. Why? So I don't have to like wear my beard or like beard brush for you fucks. <laughs> but the beard is working. Thank You're you. Entering we, a, we trimmed it today. A, a terrific daddy phase. Yeah. I'm here for it. I know. Isn't it interesting when you get called daddy for the first time and you're like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, I'm daddy. And then you're yeah, like, oh, you are. I used to call myself a cub. I, I was calling myself a cub. I'm like, and even Eric's like, oh, like no, you're, you're, in there. you're somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. What um, animal are yeah, you? At least. At least, I don't know, but but at least there's like a category now for gay men who are older than 31. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it seemed like before, you know, 10, 10, 15 years ago, it was just like that was a a, a dead person. <laughs> Can you imagine? It was though, an like, invisible remember, person. But do you remember like being 22 or 24 or 20? You know, like 21 even at your first gay bar, and like someone who might be in their 40s, like oh. looking at you, talking to you, you'd be like. Yeah, and, what do you want? I yeah, know. that was you hag. I know, yeah. I, but and then you get older and you're like, but the flip happened. I'm like, oh, by the time I was, I quit booze at forty, and still cannabis user. That's that's the vice. That's the one. And so, I hey. joke with my mom like we invented it. You know, like she never want. It's one of those like they don't want to look at those some of those statues of the Kama Sutra. They don't want to talk about the fact that 
marijuana came from India to the West Indies during all those spice route, slave trade, molasses trade, believe it or not. Right. That's why they call it ganja. They call it ganja for a reason, you know? Right. But we gave up, when I gave up booze, I'm like, and I'm partnered. This is, I'm like, why am I going to the bars? I didn't want to be that 40, you know, I didn't want to be that 40 something who back when we were 21 being like, why is he at the bar alone? Not even with friends. You know, I, I thought it was like, oh, God, yeah. I think I was like maybe a few months away from like going to bars alone, even with like my partner at home, just to like be out and drink. I'm like, all of a sudden it just got to a point. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. You got to run screaming from anyone under 35 before they have the chance to make you feel old. <laughs> Reject them first. It's the only way. Do you like this? Now, but do you also remember like, have you ever gone to a, I remember like rooster fish in Venice was kind of like this. Like if you got there like a little earlier, you know, I feel like we would go out, especially coming from Chicago. I wonder, you know, Dave, I'm sure the New York hours too. Uh -huh. You didn't get to a yeah. bar till like 11 in Chicago, mm -hmm. New York with the two, with mm -hmm. the 4 a.m. bars. Chicago had like a quarter or a fifth of all bars, including the gay bars were open till four, 5 a.m. on Saturday. So I'm like, you wouldn't get out till like 11 or midnight, but here on the West coast, you know, the 11 midnight now became kind of like 9, 30, 10. But then you'd see ever going to like the bullet on a Sunday afternoon, let alone like rooster fish. And you'd be like, oh, this is where all the like the normal partnered or need to go to bed by 9 p.m. gays or like who they I feel like they knew like we leave by eight or nine when you young kids come in and start doing coke in the bathroom. I remember seeing people in their 40s and 50s leaving when I was showing up at places and I always Which felt bar? so bad for them. Oh, like it, not necessarily even gay bars, just like yeah. bars, bars, bars. Um, and and I always felt such pity. And now 100 percent that guy. Right. Um, and like, I, I, I like, yeah, knew my friends at four, you know, for a few kind of late afternoon drinks, appetizers, whatever. We're yeah. if we're there past 730. It's a real celebration. Uh, and that's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. Clear out the place for the young people. God bless them. I'm with you. I skipped uh, a Christmas party I definitely should have gone to last night because of the premiere of And Just Like That. See, oh, but, my God. But, Once again, but, Matt, you have come full you circle. Prioritized your, and you prioritized yourself. And what would really make you happy? And I think... Right? I mean, like the pandemic really, pro you know who yeah. your close friends are. You know who your people are. You have been talking to them all this time. The ones I like said to them, by the way, I'm not coming to this thing that I committed to. <laughs> and here's why. And they said, oh, that's horrifying, but okay. Okay. That's, I mean, like, you, I've learned to also maybe not make so many plans just so you don't have to be the flake to back out. Or I, I've learned even just like the phrase of like, possibly, perhaps, we'll see if I'll check. You know, like, it's just this element of like, I, I, I like knowing like either my anxiety or I, I'm just using that phrase, but like the stress of it is just kind of not worth it to me. I realized, like, what would I, what will make me happy at the end of the day? Oh, playing with the dog, going on a walk, doing yoga, and then going to bed by 10 over parking, valet. I, I mean, like, I feel like, did you guys watch Trans Transparent? 
Uh, okay, so the one line that always sticks out to me is when Judith Light says to Richard Masur's character, Bussy Bubby, like the first time she meets him, and he's like, oh, I can drive. And she's like, you drive at night? And so now I am that person. I'm like, I don't like driving at night. Driving back from the Amundsen place we've all gone. We all go to Music Center, downtown LA, as Angelino artists and actors. I just remember driving there and driving home being like, don't talk to me right now. Clutching 10 and 2 because it was just like, oh, I don't like driving at night. It's too much. Yeah. And it's that's too much. Those lights are too bright. Oh, I do well, the thing where I hold my hand in front of the, 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 my, like, what is it? The passenger the rear window? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm like, I, I don't know how to, like, do the thing. There's no, like, you can't darken that. So I, like, I don't yeah. drive like this until that asshole passes. Oh, God. Well, it's not going to get any less that way as you get older. I have some years on you, and I have bad news. Oh, no. Uh, but no, that's it's fine. It's the circle of life. Parvesh, thank you so much for hanging out with us. What a delight. It is. It's good to see your face. Hope to see you around in this new world. And if not, we also do have the Zoom world. You will always, friends are always in this computer device, aren't they? We have the virtual world. It's true. Smooches. Homophilia is a World of Wonder production, produced and edited by Kate Moldenhauer. Special thanks to Randy Barbato, Fenton Bailey, Stephen Sims, Edward Bochniak, and the whole team at World of Wonder. We love you. And theme music by my Ben Wise. Yes, uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HomophiliaPod. You can give us a five-star review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Mm. Thank you for listening. We love you. We love you.